Welcome, Sealing God's People, with your host, Dennis Beard. Sealing, sealing of God's people, the servants of God in their forehead. Why? It's certainly not a pre-trib rapture. Otherwise, why there be a sealing for the servants of God? And that's not the nation of Israel. There's all kinds of lies and deception out there when it comes to eschatology and the last day events and the work of the ministry. There is the latter rain. Ask you, ask you of the rain. Ask you of the Lord rain in the time of the latter rain. Though the Lord will make bright cloud, clouds, send forth showers, every one grass in the field. That's Zechariah 10.1. Well, what is the sealing? Now, the sealing we'll talk about today is not only the Word of God, your seal, the servants of God, the body of Christ. After that, you have received the Word of God. You have to receive it. That's by faith. Then you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise until you receive the promised possession. But there's many levels of uh, that glory, many levels of sealing, many levels of growth going from glory to glory, from faith to faith. We start out in faith. Then he expects us to add to our faith virtue. <clears throat> So that there'll be no chance of falling from grace and to walking in the light as Jesus is in the light. We have fellowship one with another, the blood flow within the body of Christ, and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. That's a second by second, minute by minute cleansing. Well, we start off as newborn babes. Everyone knows that. The problem is that they think that's all there is to it. Now, that is a great deception. The Lord expects us to come unto perfection. I didn't say it. It's not a doctrine of Dennis Beard. It's not a doctrine of our ministry at DBM. It's a doctrine of Christ. It's an instruction of Christ. Instructed in the ways of righteousness, which leads to holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. But there's many doctrines of men and this is called holiness standards now I've preached in one God churches and in the oneness churches throughout the United States mostly in the south and eastern seaboard and most will have some kind of a standard that they will say this is our holiness standard now when we take a good look at that the touch not, taste not, handle not, which has a show of wisdom in will worship, not to the satisfying of the flesh, is not worshiping God in spirit and in truth, howbeit it says doctrines of men. And generally the pastor, the elder of the church will say, this is what my conviction is, and teach that to be a standard for salvation, which is where we have taken the grace of the Lord Jesus and we turn it into lasciviousness and unlawful affection. Now, it's fine to have a commitment to God, a vow to God that you got on your knees, not theology, but neology. And the Lord requires whatever he has of each individual member in particular, a, a vow or a a personal conviction that he will give to that individual believer. And we obey that. Of course, every individual believer obeys that. 
and receiving it from the Lord. But you don't preach that as a standard for salvation over the whole church and have called, it is called by Paul, doctrine of men. And that is, uh, it pertains to the flesh. Now, in the sealing, the sealing of God, first thing is predicated upon the growing from faith to faith, from glory to glory, and then growing, we have to understand what the growth stages are. The first one is a newborn baby. That's within you, not the outward man. I don't care if you're 9 or 90. When you're born again of the water and the spirit, that inward man starts off as a newborn babe. Talking about the inward man, created after Christ Jesus. And you have to feed that inward man. Now, most think, well, we just go to church, hear the word of God, and the pastor preaches, and we hear a 30 to 45, maybe an hour, minute sermon. And uh, after that, we are uh, growing in faith. And that's just not the truth. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. The hearing, there's not just falling upon the ears or listening to someone preach. It is to hear, understand, and appropriate, and believe that in obedience, then it is attributed to you in righteousness, through the obedience unto righteousness. Now, you'll see that in Romans 6. Now, that is another thing the devil has come against the church and saying that is an ordinance that does not have to be believed. It's not essential for salvation. It's another doctrine of Christ. All the scripture is given for instruction, reproof, rebuke, and correction. And that the man of God will be thoroughly furnished unto every good work. And when they see our good works, we glorify our Father, our Lord Jesus, in heaven. Well, we start off, newborn babes. And we're saying, that's it, forever saved. And no, it's not. You have to grow. And if you continue in my word, Jesus said, then you all be my disciples. You'll be disciplined in the things of God. And you'll know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Well, that requires obedience. There in Romans 6, Paul stated to the believer that hath the Holy Ghost, Christ in you, the hope of glory, that even after that, whosoever you yield your members as servants to obey, him are ye the servants to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death, That's a carnal mind. You have the Spirit of God, but you don't obey it. He told that to the church at Corinth. There's envy, strife, hate, malice. They're in the church. Are you still not yet carnal? To be carnally minded is having the Holy Ghost, but not obeying it. It's not a natural mind. It's a carnal mind. It's disobedience. And that disobedience there is called iniquity. Iniquity in the church is lawlessness, not obeying the leading of the Holy Ghost. There's iniquity in the world, and that is lawlessness, lawlessness, and that's no civil obedience, no law of the land. When it says iniquity shall abound, the love of many will wax cold, it is not only these damnable heresies coming in within the body of Christ, which these certain certain brethren within the body of Christ have come in with damnable heresies, 
We find that. It's among us in the church. We find it in Second Peter, the second chapter, verse 1 and 2. <clears throat> we find it in Jude. Jude tells us in his epistle that there are certain men that have crept in unawares. Peter says they privately came in amongst us, privately. Jude says they are crept in unawares. We're unaware of the subtlety of these seducing spirits that come into the body of Christ and then overthrow the faith of some. I remember preaching in a Pentecostal church many years ago, and the Lord had me bring the uh, doctrine there in the rapture, the harpezo, pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib, and what the truth is and why. And by doing that, it's post-trib, going through all the seals, trumpets, and vials, and then being there in the army of God in Revelation 19. And after preaching that, I had an old lady, a handmaid of God, a very prayer warrior in her 80s. That it came up to me, and she said, Thank God I've been praying for us to get back on track in the church. And I said, I beg your pardon, what do you mean? And she said, well, brother, very simply, she said, uh, we knew and always have known we're going through tribulation and we were prepared for it in the great tribulation. But some young men came through and said, we're going to be raptured out. And we just kind of felt sorry for them and said, well, uh, they're unlearned and they're doing a good job as far as being out there for the Lord. So we didn't say anything. Mm-mm. No, we want to reprove, rebuke, and correct. Just as whenever we find uh, the Apollos, uh, the silver-tongued orator of Alexandria, Aquila and Priscilla took, Priscilla took him aside and showed to him the more perfect way. Now, what he was preaching was truth, but it wasn't present truth. He had been there in Acts, the 19th chapter, and he had preached to certain brethren there, that Paul later on came and ran across and said, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Apollos had already been through there. Mighty in the Scriptures and the Old Testament, even unto John the Baptist's baptism with water under repentance. But it wasn't in the present truth, and Paul had uh, uh, given an opportunity for Apollos to travel with him, but he didn't think it was a convenient season for him to do so. Apollos missed out on a great work. And Aquila and Priscilla took him aside to show him the more perfect way. Of course, he came in there into the truth and repentance and baptism in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, receiving the Holy Ghost. So Paul took the ones that Apollos had preached to there in Acts 19 and brought them over and preached Jesus Christ. He asked them unto them, What were you baptized? They said, unto John's baptism. Well, Paul took that truth and said, yes, well, truly, John the Baptist did baptize with water under repentance, saying that they should look on him that should come hereafter. Well, now the question is, were they saved if they hadn't come into full truth? Now, Paul stated himself, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he's none of it. 
We have to walk in the light as he's in the light, in present truth, in the present season of God. And that's what most don't understand. So Paul preached Jesus Christ. And they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. He laid hands on them and they received the Holy Ghost and spake in tongues and prophesied. Well, they were obedient unto righteousness, unto holiness, and obedient, obedient to the present truth. Well, there is a present truth that God is doing now, bringing his body together. And very few understand that, that it is not in a Pentecostal move now. That has far been passed. We're in the third day. We're in that last season. We're not in a season of Pentecost. We've passed that. We're in the season of tabernacles in the Feast of Trumpets, the ministry voice of Jesus, and that Feast of Trumpets is the shadow of things to come. It's a ministry voice of Jesus in the present day. And that ministry voice of Jesus is what John gave us in Revelation 4, verse 1. That's not a rapture. Now, the revelation of Jesus that God gave to him to shew unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. Signified it by his angel unto John. John, the Baptist, forerun Jesus' first coming, did no mighty miracles. John, in the spirit of Elijah, the body of Christ, and the last day in the witnesses of the testimony of Jesus, will do great and mighty miracles because they forerun Jesus' second coming, as we see in Acts 3, 20 and 21. <clears throat> that the heavens must receive Jesus. In other words, he's staying there until the times of the restitution of all things. The restitution is uh, the restoration of what? All things. What's all things? All things are faith is the substance of things, uh, Hope for the evidence of things not seen, which is all things, all truth, uh, and to the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ and to a perfect man. Now, he gave a fivefold, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. Very few are listening to that. But the ones that are know that God is speaking now in his voice, and it is undeniable, the voice of God the voice of Jesus. John tells us that in John 4, in Revelation 4, verse 1, John said there was a door open in heaven for me and a voice of a trumpet talking with me. That's for the body of Christ. We'll show that in a minute in Revelation 10. Well, is it the rapture? They say it is. Well, that's a lie. There's so many lies out there, it's hard to find the truth. (laughs) But God's always had a people that the gates of hell would not prevail against. They did not fall for these seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. They are fully grown up into him in the present truth in all things. In Ephesians 4, growing up into Jesus in all things, that were not tossed to and fro by everyone of doctrine, steadfast in the doctrine of Christ, which is not only the foundation stone, which is Jesus, 
you come to that as a newborn baby, but then you grow. And you grow from a baby to a young child. Little children. The little children are, they have their sins forgiven for his namesake, 1 John 2, 12-14, but they have a higher revelation than a newborn babe. And that is, they have known the Father. Well, they know that Jesus is the Father revealed. God manifests in the flesh in the days of his flesh. They understand that Jesus now is glorified by the Father's own self. And you ask not the Father in my name. Jesus stated that in John 16. But most people say, Father, in the name of Jesus, not realizing that he's glorified with the Father's own self. Jesus stated there what righteousness is in John 16. And what is that? Well, Jesus stated when the Holy Ghost comes, he'll reprove the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Of sin, because they believe not on me, Jesus stated. Of righteousness. Watch that righteousness that we have to be obedient under righteousness, Romans 6. Of righteousness, John 16. Because I go to my Father. Well, Jesus in his glorification is glorified by the Father's own self. And that man is now made a quickening Spirit, he is the Spirit of God. He is the Father of glory. Hmm. That's how high he went. Now, at the right hand of God is what he did for us. We're made to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And we see that in Ephesians 1, where he set him at his own right hand in heavenly places to usward, the body of Christ. But where did you go, Jesus? Even as I overcame, Revelation 3.21, and am set, S-E-T, a forever settled state of glory, down with my Father in his throne, not beside it, not around it, in it. All power in heaven and earth given unto Jesus. He stated that in Matthew 28.18. He comes out of the tomb and says, all power in heaven and earth is given unto me. That did not leave the Father powerless. In Acts 2.36, we see the same truth again. <clears throat> that all the house of Israel know assuredly that same Jesus whom you crucified, that man. God hath made him both Lord, Jehovah God Almighty, and Christ, the Holy Ghost, Christ in you, which is the Holy Ghost in you, the hope of glory. That's a mystery of godliness, Colossians one twenty seven. Well, Who is he? Who is this man, Jesus? Well, in the days of his flesh, he was a man just like you and me for being our kinsman redeemer to redeem us that were under the law. But he is the Spirit of God. This Jesus Christ was in the form of God, who being in the form of God, Not was God, but is and always will be God. Who being in the form of God. Philippians 2, 6. Thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Now, very few understand that. They think, well, it's not something to be grasped upon. And your commentaries will say that. But it doesn't go deep. It doesn't reveal the truth of what Jesus did. 
He's in the form of God. That form is morphine. It's an eternal state of being. And that form of God is spirit. God is a spirit. Well, Jesus is that spirit. How be it? Thought it not robbery to be equal with God, not made equal, be equal. Very, very few understand that. Well, they say, well, it's the son of God that didn't think it was uh, robbery or something to be grasped upon to be equal with the father. <laughs> Wrong. Have not had the revelation of Jesus. Being in the form of God is the morph of the spirit of God. Thought it not robbery to be equal, not made equal, to be equal. Now, Jesus stated, my father's greater than I. The things concerning me have an end. He's not talking about the flesh. He's talking about him, who he is in spirit, that is equal. And that's not a second person of the Godhead. They say, well, okay, Brother Beard, you've piqued our interest. What is it? Well, it's very simple. It's the us in Genesis 126. It is the attributes of God in Proverbs 8. Take a look at Genesis 126. God said, let us make man in our own image. Plural personal pronoun. And we're told and duped into thinking that's a trinity. That's the second person of the Godhead, which is a straight out lie. And will cost us our salvation. Because it's a false God. It doesn't exist. The spirit junior is not a second person of spirit senior. <laughs> no, never has been, never will be. There's one spirit of God, and that's Jesus Christ. There's no juniors anywhere. There's no begotten spirits. There's a begotten son. That's the flesh. God, the spirit manifests in flesh. That's the only begotten son of God. That's the father revealed in a body of flesh and blood. Who is Jesus? The father of glory revealed. The expressed image of the invisible God. Well, let us make man in our image. Who's the us's? Well, take a look at Genesis 1.27. Very next verse. So God made man in his own image. Male and female created he them. Singular personal pronoun. Ah. And I said, well, that's a direct contradiction. Well, factually it is, but in the spirit it's true. So who are the us's? Well, we see in Isaiah 44, 24, that God created the heaven, banned the heavens by myself and the earth alone. God spanned the heaven and the earth, created the earth by myself alone. No angelic host, no second person of the Godhead, or no third person of the Godhead. God did it by myself alone. That's Isaiah 44, 24. Hmm. Well, then who is this us? That's a plural personal pronoun. Well, we need to take a good look at it because the very next verse, he uses singular personal pronouns. So God made man in his own image, male and female, created he them. Well, we look at Proverbs 8. And each individual attribute of God stands as a singular personal pronoun. I, wisdom, was daily his delight. Well, that sounds like there's two persons. No, there is more 
than one attribute of God, but there's only one spirit. That spirit has many attributes, but it's only one spirit. We can't say that God is just love, but he's also power. He's also wisdom. There's many attributes. There's also understanding, prudence, peace. All of the attributes of God stand alone, and God rejoices in each of his attributes. That's not another spirit. That's simply who he is. And he said, I, wisdom, was daily his delight. That means God delighted in his own wisdom, not another person. That's the S's. I, wisdom, dwell with prudence. That's another attribute, prudence. And with me is understanding. Well, that's another attribute. Power is another attribute. Look at Jeremiah 51, 15. God created the heaven and the earth by three of his attributes. What are they? Wisdom, understanding, and power. But that's, a, that's God. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. There's three different attributes there, wisdom, understanding, and power, but it's still God. And God said, and the word created, but the word is a spirit. That's right. So now, Jesus, who being in the form of God, Philippians 2, 6, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. That's wisdom. Equal with prudence, equal with understanding, equal with power, equal with love, all the attributes of God. When God said, let us make man in our image, male and female created he them in Genesis 1.27. After our likeness in Genesis 1.26, then what happened? Then love stepped forward. The attribute of God came forward. And if love had not come forward, Adam who was breathed in his nostrils, made a living soul, would not have love. Wisdom came forward, another attribute. That's the essence. If wisdom had not came forward, then Adam would have no wisdom. Understanding, you've got it. Prudence, their power, their peace, all of the different attributes of God came forward in the image and likeness of God. So God made man in his own image and his attributes. So Jesus is stating there, Paul stating that Jesus, who being in the form of God, that spirit, who, that being equal, not made equal, that's very important, who being equal with God, all the attributes of God are equal, made himself of no reputation. What does it mean there? Why would he say, who being in the form of God, who being, who being equal with God? Well, the being equal with God is all of his attributes. And that is wisdom, love, power, understanding, prudence, peace, all of that. All of the attributes that he is, Jesus is, <clears throat> he made himself of no reputation. That means he did not take one attribute of God when he took on a body of flesh and blood. Your God loved you so much. He laid aside his glory. He laid aside his attributes, all of them. 
being equal with God from A to Z, a lot through the Tav, the Alpha to the Omega, and laid it all aside. Who, being equal with God, made himself of no reputation. He didn't take love. He didn't take wisdom, understanding, power. He didn't take any of those attributes because he's going to be an Adam, just like you and me after the fall. We see that in Romans 8, 3, and what the law could not do, and that it was weak in the flesh. God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. He did not work as God. God can't die. God cannot shed blood. So what did he do? He looked for a man, but he had to have a perfect, spotless, blameless sacrifice, a lamb of God. But every man was conceived in sin, shaping in iniquity, and none good, no, not one. Well, how's God going to do this? Well, Isaiah 59, 16 says, He looked for a man. He was amazed he could find none. Therefore, his own arm, our arm of flesh, brought salvation to myself. <clears throat> God's own body of flesh and blood. That's exactly what is stated in Philippians 2, 6 through 8. What Paul stated. We see it in Isaiah 63, 5. Again, we have Jesus stating, in the word of God, Isaiah states, God said, I looked for a man, it was amazing to find none. Therefore, my own arm brought salvation to me, God said. So God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself. Christ is that spirit, and Christ is the man. So Christ was in Christ, reconciling the world unto Christ. Well, that would be a little confusing. So God was in Christ. Well, Christ is God. Yes, that's right. God was in Christ, reconciling the world and to himself, God himself, working salvation in and of himself alone. Now you're seeing the one God message, the Jesus only, God Almighty, the doctrine of Christ. And we see that. Who is this Jesus? <clears throat> well, he's God. He's in the form of God. And all from A to Z, the Allah through the top, every attribute of God that he is, Love, power, wisdom, understanding, prudence, all of this. In, and he lays it all aside. Makes himself of no reputation. A self-imposed limitation that he's not going to work his spirit because by one man's disobedience, sin came, to the world, sin came to the world and death by sin. Therefore, by one man, he's got that work as a man. So he lays aside all of his glory, all of his dignity, all of his attributes as God so he can be a man. And we see that in Galatians 4, verse 4. In the fullness of time, God sent forth his son. How? Did spirit senior say spirit junior? Go down and die for the sin of the world? No. No scripture for that. Straight out lied. Then what happened? How did God send forth his son? Made of a woman. The son has to have flesh. So the son of God is the father, the spirit of God without measure. All that God is, was, or ever will be manifest seeing in a body of flesh and blood. Emmanuel, God with us. Though, in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made in under the law. Look how much God loved you, that he became one with you, one of you, your kinsman, redeemer, that in all things he was made like you, to redeem you under the law. And by doing under the law, 
He is that spirit of God. And he takes on a body of flesh and blood. And that made himself of no reputation, laid aside all those attributes. Who being equal with God, all of those attributes. But he made himself, himself, all those attributes of no reputation. That's a kenosis, emptied out of glory. Took upon him the spirit. He's always been spirit, always will be. But he makes himself of no reputation. So he's not going to work as spirit. He's going to work as a man. How be it? He's going to be made of a woman, made in under the law, under the law. And Adam, after the fall, one of us. He'll be tempted at all points like as we are yet without sin. Hebrews 4.15. There, in that law, he will be tempted in every area and must keep the law as a man, not as God, but as a man like you and me. And by doing that, he's still the spirit of God. But the thing and the question we ask is, even though God is manifest in the flesh, Emmanuel, God with us, is the spirit and the flesh made one yet? God has taken on a body of flesh and blood. It's his own body. It says so in Isaiah 43.10. Thus saith the Lord, that's Jehovah God Almighty, the spirit, and my servant whom I have chosen. That's the man that you may know and believe me and understand that I, the Spirit, am he, the man. And he tells us how. Before me, there was no God, the Spirit, formed, formed himself a body of flesh and blood, and neither shall be after me. There's the only unique begotten God. How did he do it? The flesh took on the form of a servant made in the likeness of men. Found in fashion as a man, humbled himself to the death, the death of the cross. But even though he's God, manifest in the flesh, the law is still there and will separate Jesus as the spirit that he is, the father of glory, and his body of flesh and blood that is in our stead. And until that law is completely fulfilled and the price paid to break down that middle wall of partition, it will part God, Jesus, from his own body of flesh and blood as Jesus, who is the Son of God, the Father revealed. It's still there. So Jesus, as a man, cannot start his ministry until age 30. That's stated there very simply in Numbers 4. The high priest takes his ministry at age 30. Jesus, fulfilling his own law and his own body of flesh, can't take his ministry until age 30, or he would break his own law. He's fulfilling his law as a man with one of us, just like us. Well, there he begins his ministry at age 30, and then and only then can he begin to work on our behalf as he crucifies the flesh with the affections and the lust. Then the spirit that he is can break through the flesh showing us how we can sanctify ourselves and be used of God the way that he did, that he is the way, the truth, and the life. But the law is still there. As long as that law is still there, he has to, and the body of his flesh, pray to the Father. So as a body of flesh, he'll say, my Father's greater than I. Of course it is. The things concerning me have an end. That's the flesh. 
as we know it, in a flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. So he keeps the law in every aspect, in every area of the law, in obedience, both spirit, soul, and body. Then he has uh, as a free will offering, a free will sacrifice, he has to be willing to lay down his life. No man can take his life from him. It has to be a free will sacrifice, even after he has uh, completely fulfilled the law in every area, spirit, soul, and body. Not sinning in his body of flesh and blood, in his human mind, that mind, will, emotion, imagination, and intellect, and his human spirit of conscience, communion, and uh, intuition. Not one time did Jesus ever miss the mark. By doing so, then he has the right. Will he do it? Of course he will. Now he said, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Praying to the Father. But then notice in John 17, 5, he said, O Holy Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory I had with you before the world was. I want all that glory back. I laid it aside, and I want it all back. As the man who will be chosen of God, because he never said. And you see that in Isaiah 43, 10. You'll see it again in Romans 1, 3, and 4. First chapter, verse 3 and 4. Jesus is declared to be the Son of God through the Spirit. How? By the resurrection from the dead. How is that going to show that he's God? Well, John 2. Jesus states, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. What? The Jews said 40 and six years were they building this temple and you're going to raise it up in three days. Jesus spake of the temple of his body. No man can raise up his own body except he be God. And that declares him to be the son of God that father revealed in a body of flesh and blood that he is the God of glory. God with us, the son of God is the father revealed, the expressed image of the invisible God. And that is I'm the son of God, which is in the bosom of the father. He hath declared him. John 1, 18. He's the only begotten God, the monogamous theos. He's the only begotten son, the monogamous heos. He's the only begotten one, the monogamous yakid. There's only one. Before me, there was no God formed, neither shall be after me. See now that I am God, thy redeemer, the Lord, thy savior, the holy one of Israel. So we have had these cunningly devised fables come in. These certain men that have crept in unawares or ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men turning the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ into lasciviousness, denying the only Lord God, pulling out of there a trinity, got the Father, got the Son, and got the Holy Ghost, which is a straight out lie. And God's moving now to bring the true Jesus to all the nations to all the world, for those that have an ear to hear. He is restoring that faith that was once delivered to the saints, as Jude stated, earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. They knew Jesus is God Almighty, the Lord, the Christ, Acts 2.36, that he is, as Paul stated in 1 Timothy 6.15-16, Jesus Christ, the blessed and only potentate, capital P, Almighty, omnipotent, the Almighty God. Omniscient, all-knowing, omnipresent everywhere, Spirit of God, 
who only hath immortality. That's the blessed, the true and only Lord God. They denied it. And this has happened over and over through the wine of the wrath of the fornication of mystery Babylon, the false church, has made all the nations drunk with the wine of her fornication. But God's got a people coming into this truth. So what did Jesus do? He kept the law in every respect as a man. He is that spirit, but it was still divided in the days of his flesh. He takes the ordinances of that law, nails it to his cross, breaks down the middle wall of partition that parted his spirit from his own body of flesh, working salvation in and of himself alone. That's the doctrine of Christ, the only Lord God, the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ, there's not another, and thereby broke down the middle wall of partition, thereby making peace, God with all mankind that are in Christ Jesus, thereby making one new man. Who's the new man? Jesus Christ, that last Adam has been made a quickening spirit. First Corinthians 15, 45, let's serve the only Lord God. That's what he's doing now. Well, neighbor, God dealing with you. Help me get this word out to the nations. Yes, right, you. Come, you're called for the ministry, the work there. Maybe God's dealing with you. You're fully grown. You're not a baby anymore. You're not a little child. You're not a young man. You're coming up to Father's cell that you have. And come with us. And we will take this uh, this whole globe for God. The gospel will be preached in all the world for a witness in all nations. Then the end will come. Write to me, Dennis Beard, Post Office Box 2906, Longview, Texas. Zip code 75606. Meet me on, you can do it on our streaming every day, 6 o'clock, Monday through Saturday. 2 o'clock on Sunday. That is jcic.tv. Register with us. You can ask your questions and give comments. Write to me on dennisbeard.org, sealinggodspeople.org, sealinggodspeople.com. We love to hear for you. We're praying for God to perfect that which is lacking in each one of you. Same way in us, preach, play for us too. Well, until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Beard saying, Behold, the real Jesus.